Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shanna and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Welcome back. Yeah, hello, everyone. This is part two of our veterans episode. Yes, and we hope that you've listened to the first one. So if you haven't, then go back and listen to part one, Veterans Day. And today we are going to be sharing something very special to Mandy. Mm-hmm. It's very close to my heart. This is a story and an interview of a sergeant of my brother when he was in the army. And this video that he did that he wanted shared to give other soldiers hope. It also happens to be the story of what happened after your brother was killed. It is very raw. You can just feel this man's pain. He talks about experiences around my brother's death. He talks about how he felt after and what he did after. Yeah, it's intense. It's very intense. And then he um, talks about where his pain landed him after he came home from Iraq. It's a tearjerker. <laughs> you know, even for anyone that didn't know my brother, it's a tearjerker. Yeah, I cried for about a good 15, 20 minutes. But it it's a message that I feel needs to get out there. Mm-hmm. So we are just going to go ahead and play it. So on average, every other night, we, they'd, we'd do air assaults to take your pick in Iraq to do whether it's raids, snatch missions, take your pick. And Colonel Ball, being an old country boy, from being from Nacogdoches, Texas, and we all referred to each other as boys, everything he said, he said, yeah, the Baker boys did this, and the Baker boys, we're flying the Baker boys up here, and the Baker boys are awesome. And that's how we became known as the Baker boys from then on. Well, we were averaging five to seven firefights a day, seven days a week. And if you look at photos of the Baker boys, to include myself, I say we probably all aged about 10 years. We never left the wire without each other. And so I got to know just about everything about him. And he knew everything about me. Me and Sergeant Baum were having us our last cigar before we went to Iraq. And I remember telling him, or asking him, if he thought we'd be lucky enough to bring all our boys home. And I remember. Sergeant Baum's reply was, we've got you for a first sergeant. It's in the back. And never would have dreamed that he would be one of them. That I wouldn't bring back. got to drop on us before we got him. And so, being I was outdone by him, and he took what I always called my right hand located on the left side of my body, 
Sergeant Bone, it was just so freaking personal. Every night, I was grabbing a squad and going out. I remember the first time we found Louie's house, there was about, I don't know, eight or ten guys sleeping in the yard. They all sleep outside during the summer in Iraq. I wanted so bad to try to find the guy that fit the description and just cut his throat right there. But as soon as we got in a fight, or one of these guys woke up, me and Persley is exposed in here. Shows, though, that my personal vendetta, I put a lot, I put more lives at risk. I didn't lose any more lives over, thank God. Told you Hubert Picard got embedded to us that same day that Sergeant Bone got killed. And Hubert Picard and go out with us. Well, he wrote a story about it. That's what he called it, was the 10-day manhunt for Louie. And that's how we, that became known. We got Louie. You can't share these experiences with people who don't know nothing about war zone. They don't want to hear about that. They're scary. For them, this is the dark side and they want to see the sky blue or pink. Second, they can't understand what you say. Because for them, anything has to be human, anything has to be respectful, anything has to be beautiful. They wish the war to be clean. The, the war can't be clean, otherwise it wouldn't be a war. And the problem the army has to face and soldiers have to face when they come back is that they have in the front of them People who are just simply asking them, did you kill somebody there? Wow, did you kill somebody there? Nobody can understand. I had a chance to reflect back to Iraq and Afghanistan and things that I'd done that now I'm questioning myself on why I did them. And what I could have done to bring back all the guys that, that I wasn't able to bring back. And I started getting bitter. And I got bitter at the world, myself, God. to make something look like an accident and just happened to El Paso has a really windy road that goes comes down out of the mountains it's perfect for accidents and there's one sharp bend with some some picnic tables there 
right in, in that bend, and on the ends of those bends is rock walls with a roof covering the picnic tables. And so the plan was that I would go up to the top, make that motorcycle go as fast as it could, and, plow, and then make it look like I missed a turn and plow on the side of one of those walls. But however, somebody signs they want to park a car there. And it's an awesome scenery there. You can look out over Juarez, Mexico. Back up to the top and wait for these people to leave. Well, I'm there, my phone rang. And it's Teresa. Just to give you guys a little backstory on that. He was talking about my brother. And then he was talking about how there was a journalist, a French journalist named Hubert Picard, that was assigned to them. And he did a documentary and wrote a book. And it was about the 10-day manhunt to find Louis. 
Louis was the man who killed my brother, and that's who he was speaking of and talking about. You know, his, they were he found them and their family sleeping outside, and they sleep outside during the summer. And um, yeah, just basically his ten man hunt to find Louis and take him down out of revenge. And so Hubert Ricard has done a book, and I've actually never read it because it is in French. And um, so, yeah, um, it's a very touching video. We will post it, and, um, yeah, I'm kind of speechless. Well, no matter how many times I'll hear that, I'm very affected. Yeah, me too. I mean, you could just hear the pain in his voice. Yeah, and he's so inspiring that he was able to share in hope that it's going to make a difference to someone else. And that's the whole purpose of these last two episodes is that, you know, if you are struggling and suffering, there is help out there. Absolutely. And Shanna and I, we kind of went out on a whim and putting this as part two, but I've always held on to that video and I've also held on to a journal for a very long time and I didn't know when I was going to share it, but I always knew I would. And it's it, now through this Veterans Day episode, I, it's landed and I just know that it's time. Yeah. And seriously, this is amazing that Mandy is able to actually read what her brother experienced in Iraq all the way up into the day he died. Yeah. So again, a disclaimer, I have decided I'm going to share the journal of a sergeant that was part of the Baker boys and the Baker boys, as you heard in that interview is the name that the, their battalion kind of got. It was their nickname. Um, this journal is raw. And I remember the first time I had it in my hands, I remember thinking, wow, I am finally able to see through the eyes of a soldier. And I felt like I was there and I got to walk through the experience with them and really get an idea of what they go through, good and bad. Yeah. And as you started to read these again for Mm -hmm. this episode, you realize how important it would be to maybe share this with the world. Yeah. And with his permission, that is exactly what I'm going to do. So today I'm going to start with his first journal entry that was on 10-24-06. Hi everyone, just a quick update. We are about to cross the border into Iraq. Thanks for the emails and the prayers. I greatly appreciate this. However, I also ask that you pray for the 140 guys that work for me. And I ask that you put them in your prayers also. This is not an easy job. And my only wish is that I bring them all home. I want to bring every single one of them home, every single one that I brought over here with me. Be rest assured that my platoon sergeants, which are my right hand men, are the best that the army has to offer and could not have asked for better. I have a great batch of guys that respect and trust that I know what is right. I have trained them hard and I am confident that they will take care of me in return. I also have an exceptional commander that is my right hand and my battle buddy, and we have seen so much more of each other than actually we've even seen our own families. He has a good head and makes sound decisions. I could not have asked for a better person to run the company with. With this great man, I am certain that I will come home and I will do everything in my power to bring them home. The way I look at it is 
is that I have 140 heroes that work for me. And I ask that you do me a favor of keeping them in your prayers as well as their families that they may have left in Alaska. Army families are something special. They sacrifice more than the soldiers himself. And that we volunteer for the way of life. They get drafted into it. Again, thanks for your support. And I appreciate your prayers. So that was day one. You can just feel his love for these these men already. Yeah. And his trust. I mean, they have to really trust each other. They're out there fighting for the guy next to him. So I'm going to read another one. This was on 10-29-06. Hey, everyone. I've gotten some more emails and appreciate the love and prayers for my, my family, my men, and me. I am in Iraq now at the forward operating base that will be home for the next 12 months. We are currently changing things over from the guys that we are replacing. We are located in the southern suburbs of Baghdad, and even though this is not the end of the earth, you can sure see it from here. The guy that I am relieving is an old drill sergeant partner of mine from when I was a drill sergeant. So he has been showing me the ropes and is passing on the moral stuff that he had here to me. Well, I have to get back to work. Actually, it's chow time, the biggest thing we have to look forward to. And let someone else get on this computer. Thanks again for your thoughts, prayers, and news from back home. I thought I would never miss the cold, but boy, does it sure sound nice right now. So, you know, another very simple entry in short. But what stuck out to me was that he said that chow time was the biggest thing that they have look, to look Probably forward to. Probably that togetherness. Yeah. Of all coming together and relaxing and eating and laughing and telling stories and getting to know each other. And and you can tell, you know, he's already missing home. He was used to winters in Alaska. And he says, I thought I would never miss the cold, but boy, does it sure sound nice. So he's already homesick. Well, yeah. And I'm going to read one more and then um, we'll kind of wrap it up. Do you want to read it, Shanna? Sure. Okay. Hi to everyone. Just an update. We are finally controlling our sector and change over from the guys we relieved. We still are not living in our permanent rooms or Kansas, they are called, due to that is exactly what they are. We are still living in tents. I conducted a foot patrol yesterday in the Iraqi army. Boy, was that entertaining. The poor guy in charge of them looked like he was hurting cats. The local people here are real accepting of us and they are very hospitable. They are divided by tribes and each tribe likes us, but not each other. Our patrol was to meet the people in our area and put out message to get the Iraqi army face known to people. We pretty much went door to door and I drank so much tea that I had to pee every 15 minutes. <laughs> Just about every house, the wife would put out their mat and we would have to sit down, drink tea, and listen to their crazy life story, which some of them were pretty interesting. One family, a really nice guy with only one wife and 30 kids by her. That's right. No typing error. 30 kids Whoa. from one woman. Whoa. Poor gal. Oh, God. <laughs> their house. My vagina just hurt. <laughs> Their house looked like a school. Of course, there were some older and still some that lived on the farm and then stair-step all the way down to an infant. Whoa. We spent a little more time at that house, of course, due to the Iraqi army trying to recruit some of her boys. And in playing 
with all of the kids that thought that American soldiers were the coolest thing they'd ever seen. And now they wanted to take pictures with us and shake our hands. The area that we patrolled is along the Euphrates River and very fertile. There are canals everywhere, which, which makes it a little hard to navigate. Sounds like everything was fertile, her and yeah. the area. <laughs> there are date trees everywhere here and the sweetest dates that you will ever eat. I will probably gain weight just from the dates. The sheik by our patrol base in our sector found out that I like dates and had his kids pick me 50 pounds of dates off the tree. So now I have a 50 pound bag of dates by my bunk. I have found that they will always offer you something and insist that you take it. There is no saying no. For example, one guy offered me a cigarette. I had my interpreter tell him that I don't smoke. So he lit one and stuck it in my hand and told me, just hold it. His wife is like an American wife, and he will get in trouble if she thinks he was rude and had smoked without offering me one. So I held it for a while as we talked. This is still quite possible the dirtiest country I have ever seen. I thought Egypt was till now, but as long as you can see the positive side of their country here, the locals are fine. They are glad for us due to the militia and the Al-Qaeda are the ones raising the cane here. They are just as brutal to the locals than they try to be to us. The difference is, is that they can pick on the farmer and bully him around where we will take them to the woodshed. We have captured a few already and some of the other companies have killed some. We have got the sheiks from different tribes in our area to sign and ease fire. And as of right now, as long as we control the bridge that crosses the canal onto their area, they are making sure that the IEDs stay off of the roads there, and they are protecting us while we are protecting them. As long as we do not turn the bridge over to the crooked police. Well, I have to go. Time is up on the computer, and I have to let someone else in here use it. So take care. Yeah, so that's just the, th- the first three entries. I think it's a beautiful start. I mean, you get to see that he's homesick. You get to hear a little bit about being excited to, you know, chow down on food. 30 freaking kids. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh. What the hell? Oh, my God. 30 From kids. From one woman. Woman. Yeah. Because I think it is common over there for them to have more than one wife. Yeah. You can have a few. Well, and then I, I liked how we got to kind of get an idea of, like, there. it's, you know, he said it's fertile and there's canals. Like, you, I don't know what Iraq looks like. Right that they're being kind to him and offering him stuff and the dates. So, yeah. Yeah. So can I suggest something, Mandy? Yeah. So this next one is on 1123. Oh, why don't we, for the rest of his journal, just read it okay. on the dates. That makes total sense. Yeah. Okay. So forewarning, I've read this before. It does get very intense and you know, there's a lot of ups and ups and downs. So you guys, I hope that you um, enjoy that we've decided to do this and you can go on a journey with us. Yeah. Shanna's never read any of this. Well, and I was going to say, we just will pop in an episode and just read that day. Also, I wanted to let our listeners know that if you're a veteran, you know that people in the 
branches speak like a different lingo. So if we mispronounce words or sometimes we might not even know what they're talking about because they really do. They speak like a wholly, totally different language and stuff's abbreviated. So we're just going to do the best we can. So we're going to just follow his journey through his year week to week. And then we chose to do this. And this is actually the same week. I know. That's so crazy. That he started his journey Mm -hmm. um, in journaling his time with the Baker boys. And we just happened to start the same time. Yeah. Isn't that pretty amazing? It is. Synchronicity. I know. Absolutely. It's a reason. You know, we see you. We do. We see you and we thank you, veterans, for sacrificing. Yeah, sacrificing your, not only your physical body, but your your mind and what you expose yourselves to and what you carry in your souls. We know that you may have left that war, but we know that part of that war is still within you. And we just really hope that you find peace. And we just want to let you know that we thank you so much for your service. Awesome. Well, we hope that you guys enjoyed our episode. Thanks so much for being with us again for part two of Veterans Day. And next week, we're going to be doing our episode on Thanksgiving. And Mandy has an amazing story again (laughs) for Thanksgiving. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.